As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Dirt roads to rock crawling. Tuba chuck to screaming eagle. Moonshine to 50-year-old single ball. We talk about it all here on Wheelin' Wine and Whiskey with your hosts, Jason and Chris. Welcome to Wheeling Wine and Whiskey, episode 22 in studio. What studio is this? We'll call the Studio C. Studio, studio C. C, remote, first time in the studio. It's studio so great. C. Chris? Yeah. Yes, I'm here. How the heck are you? Here. Present and accounted for. <laughs> All right. Well, some exciting stuff going on. Yeah. We, it's uh, By the time this episode comes out, it's going to be a little past, uh, but it's still a good conversation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, one of the stale trail boys, Tyler, Toyota Tyler. Did was, he get his rig all back together? Yeah, the swappy swap swap. I don't know. It's got four transfer so, cases or something. I don't think Jimmy's rig is. I don't know. <laughs> Listen to that episode. I got confused, man. Okay, you go low, four point seven, then five point two, then you're ten point eight, and I don't know. Well, they I got just, like seventy four thousand pounds of torque. Exactly at idle. At idle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. I've been four wheeling for a long time, and there definitely there is no. Um, uh, what do I want to say? No substitute for low gears. You got to have no, some low for gears. sure. But you can be too low, and you lose all your momentum. Right. And uh, and there's no replacement for a displacement. Right. Engine. I'm talking. I'm talking cubic inches. It's always nice to have some extra cubic inches under the hood. I know. Uh, I, I don't have as big an engine as you. No, but, but my you got, engine's you got, bigger than their engine. Yeah, you got <laughs> torque. Uh, the old 22 RE uh, rice burner is pretty good, but uh, you know. Uh, the uh, the only thing I will say is that I've seen I've seen people that are too low, they're in their their double transfer case, low low, and too they low. can't make it up the obstacle because they got zero momentum to carry them up. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, like uh, I'm not geared super low in my Jeep, but uh, at the stair step um, last weekend, two weekends ago. You know, I had to put it. I put it in second gear and went on my second attempt to get that momentum so I could bump it up. You yeah, know? 
You had yeah. to relearn how to drive that thing, didn't you? Pretty much. Because it had been a, it's a been, long it's been, time. It's been on mothballs. <laughs> Since May? Or was it September was the last time you I drove that thing? pop around it? town in that thing. Oh, okay. On. All right. You know, all it's right, all good. good so. so, anyways, where I was going with all this is uh, Tyler and the Mad Hatters were out on uh, Barrett Lake Trail. Oh. And we talked about that on the last podcast where right. we, uh, right before we recorded, we hit them up on Echo Link. Uh-huh. So that was awesome. The app, uh, if you are a, you have to be a licensed ham operator to uh, be certified to use Echolink, be approved. Correct. And But it's so cool because you can sit there and pop in, and these guys are on their radios all the time monitoring, and uh, we were able to talk to them at the lake mm-hmm. that night, and they were expecting weather, and weather they got. They got weather. Four to six inches of snow uh, was the latest report I got, and they were on their way out of the trail. Um, so it, it was, uh, it makes a difficult trail all that much more difficult. Yeah, but it makes it beautiful too. Uh, absolutely. No question so, about it. But, um, yeah, I hated to miss that trip, but, uh, kind of glad I'm, I'm wearing shorts right now and, and not freezing my ass off in, uh, in the Jeep uncovered. Well, I, I would have, I would have had tarp over my Jeep. I wonder what the overnight temps were last night. Probably in the 20s, I think. Well, I heard it was 30s this morning, 33 this morning. So I mm. would imagine it was, uh, pushing, Pushing in the twenties a little bit there with the snow. It was a it was a cold, fast storm that moved through. They need to pave that road so we can drive our campers in there. Yes, yeah, so we can have our campers <laughs> at we can base camp at, at Barrett. <laughs> well, if I had your money, I'd just have it heloed in, man. There you go. Yeah, have what the chopper. The hell? You know, they bring in the piano for uh, you know Jeepers Jamboree. They could easily bring in your camper for yeah, you. Just, just sling it up there and just drop it in yep. that best spot. Off you go. Woo-hoo. There you go. Have the whiskey bar ready to rock and roll. Anyway, so uh, that's pretty cool, though. Just reiterating the importance of a ham, and and uh, they are they've been able to keep in contact with all of us here at home. Um, you know, make sure that they're safe and all that. So it's been been cool. Yeah, we should check in with them a little bit later to see what's uh, what's the latest. Absolutely, see what's going on. Yes, sir. What else? So we're we're in a, a, a new studio to us. Yeah. I'm you know. enjoying this uh, this place. There's a quite the uh, menagerie of uh, uh, spirits. Uh, uh, menagerie of spirits. That <laughs> that is a good descriptor here. There there are we are surrounded by uh, all of our friends here. This uh, is uh, it's actually wine. less less wine than spirits. This we got is wine. We got whiskey. <laughs> we got it all. So um, so yeah, we're over here at uh, um, CJ Studio. CJ mm-hmm. and uh, he graciously uh, agreed to uh, come onto the podcast here for us and uh, and and educate us, drop some knowledge bombs on us for uh, oh, the, boy. the the Gaia software and and some whiskey knowledge. I don't too. have my propeller hat. I don't know if I can handle it. Oh no, it's going to be good. Okay, um, but um, all right. Hey, let's uh, let's bring in our special guest. Special I wanna, guest. I don't want to wait any longer here since we are sitting in his studio. So, uh, welcome to the podcast, CJ. How are you today? Doing great. Jason, Chris, thank you, thank you for having me on. Well, Absolutely. yeah. Hey, thanks for having us, and uh, thanks for uh, busting out some of your good uh, alcohol we're going to talk about here later. Yes, sir. Uh, so, CJ has been a uh, longtime member of Esprit de Four. Yes, he has. Four-wheel drive club. That's where I, I met CJ. Um, he's, he owns a CJ Jeep. That's right. You know, so he's a Jeep guy. He's not a Toyota guy. CJ, CJ. So we know he's he's good right out of the gate here. He loves his uh, his whiskey and is a whiskey connoisseur. Yes, he is. That might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Moonshine and whiskey. 
So, uh, yeah, CJ, welcome, and uh, tell, tell us about your rig. Let's start with your CJ, your it, Jeep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 81 CJ7. Yeah. Uh, a little older than I am, if I'm honest. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she's. Uh, I've had her about 16 years, got her my freshman year of college, and uh, she's a bit modified. Gone, gone through some changes over the years. Absolutely. I've seen some changes over the years. Yeah, so what, what do you got under there right now? What's your drivetrain? Go run through your drivetrain and tire size. Sure thing. Yeah, we got a Cherokee uh, 4.0 high output. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. As the engine. Uh, it is carb legal. I have the certification and smog. So Sweet. So we are on the up and up. There you which go. Which in California here is a big deal. That is a huge it deal. Is. Uh, behind that, we got a T176. Yes. Uh, four speed. Okay. Nothing really fancy there. No overdrive and not really a good granny low, but it is a decent so medium-duty trans. Solid, sure. strong tranny. And uh-huh. then I've got a clocked Dana 300 back there with a low max 4 to 1. Okay. There you so go. I've got the flat belly there. No pregnant Jeep in this case. And, <laughs> uh, and we got the 4 to 1, which helps me uh, keep up with those Toyota guys. They're always trying to crawl so slow. Go low, 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 low. They'll never go as slow as those guys. No, thankfully. They, <laughs> could, they, could, they could put it in low, low, low. They could get out, go to a tree, do, do business, and they come back, and the rigs only move 13 inches. <laughs> anyway. So true. <laughs> okay, and then what do you have for uh, axles? Yeah, for axles, uh, it's changed a few times over the years, uh, but we have a Scout Dana 44 up front. Oh, cool. So passenger drop, for those of you keeping track of CJs, we're passenger sure. side. Mm-hmm. Uh, hydro assist on that, um, 538s in it, and an e-locker. And then in the rear, uh, we're still leaf sprung, obviously, but uh, it's a Dana 60. Uh, it's a Dana 63B out of a 70s Chevy, um, and it's got 538s in the e-locker as well. Cool. And your full float. In the rear there. We are full float in the rear yeah. um, with uh, some 35 spine axles and all the beefy stuff. Yeah. So, so you that, just, that you just did. That was your latest upgrade. That was the latest upgrade. I had a Scout Dana 44 in the back, and uh, I cracked the housing like three times, and it just wasn't holding up. And oh, no. It was time to, time well, one to time upgrade. was definitely your fault. I know. I saw the photo of P- it. Pismo? Uh, you looked like Bo and Luke Duke were driving that thing. <laughs> That's it. I call it my Dukes of Hazard adventure. Uh, yeah, we had a, a few few more feet of air than we should have under the Jeep, and uh, the landing was a bit of a yard sale. You, you sore, so <laughs> bit of a sorely just. <laughs> we'll have to get that video. Uh, sorely underestimated the power of uh, of your four liter of, of climbing that sand dune and uh, got a little extra speed than you anticipated. I think. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, not my finest moment, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but it made for a hell of a photo. It made for a hell of a photo, and I have a good video of it. Uh, as, uh, and the Jeep's never been the same quite since. No. But we have rebuilt, and we moved no. on. Did we hear yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the Dukes of Hazard uh, horn. But uh, yeah, full send, definitely. Full send. That was good. I, I, that was respectable, but uh, yeah, expensive to the old uh, checkbook, just, I'm just sure, gonna too. Just going to send it. <laughs> So, well, there you go. So, um, and then you've had it out now uh, a few times since you you put in the uh, the rear axle. So you were out on Barrett with us, and then of course the clinic most recently. So, um, nice. yeah, I've been up on the Rubicon, and then Barrett, Rubicon recent, uh, most clinic, recently, uh, Slick Rock already with it. Um, it's been getting around this 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 short wheeling season this year. It's been yeah. getting it out. Yeah, so you you definitely got it fully uh, tested. So. Uh, e-lockers. Um, is that what's did, in the back? Not an ARB, huh? E-lockers front and rear. How yeah. do you like those? I love them. Yeah. I love them. Um, I kind of, everyone's got ARBs. Yeah. Often against them. Uh, I already have an onboard air system. I got a York compressor. We, we got a full air system going. But uh, 
realized that I can always find a 12-volt wire on a rig. I can't always find air. Well, that's just true. So that was kind of the one logic behind it. The second was all the manufacturers are doing e-lockers. So if right. it's working for them to be in a in a mm-hmm. turnkey warrantied vehicle, maybe there's a chance it'll work in my rig. Well, there... <laughs> I mean, I, when I was originally building my Jeep, I, I bounced between the E-Locker and the ARBs, but you know, the rave reviews from, from Jim and Jason and all the other people that were running the ARBs, and you know, I, I have spare air hose on board that I carry with me, and um, they've, they've never let me down, and uh, you watch these guys at the Ultra 4 Racers, and Jason was mentioning, what, the We Rock guys, mm-hmm. they're slamming those things in and out under power and they don't oh, yeah. they don't blow up you know i mean i'm sure you can break them anything breaks but uh but they've been great so you know i but the e-locker it's good to hear i've seen the way you drive you, you you're you're not afraid ever <laughs> oh i don't know about that I, I thought i had a light foot i was gonna say i i thought he i would classify him as like you know moderate conservative well, so let me back up because okay. okay so when the one of the first times I ever wheeled with you was that we were on Slick Rock Trail before the reroute, and uh, I, I was right behind you, and uh, I'm like doo, doo, doo. we just we basically started the trail from Alpine. We were going through the trees, you know, the beginning part, and then you get to the river. The first, so we're heading in from Alpine, and then you get to the to that where a lot of people stop for lunch or camp at the river there. Right, that's where uh, one of our buddies got married, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we're in a like, okay, now the trail gets real, and I've been on the trail a few times, and, and so we're, you know, there's all these different lines you can take to start down where the V notch is. And uh, here in front of me, you just go, whoa. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'm not going that way. <laughs> Don't follow me, you will never make it. Yeah, it's like, holy crap, that's like a ledge. It's like, you just literally, it was like this, you know, you can't see it, but so he went straight down and I could just see the, basically a spare tire carrier. And I'm like, I'm not going that way. Well, so that's, that's good uh, segue. So tell us how you got started in four wheeling. Cause I know you were four wheeling long before you joined the club. Yeah, that's true. I've been in the club, I think <clears throat> roughly 10 years, Yeah, but uh, I think I've been wheeling probably 17 or 18 years. Started in high school. Uh, I was like, like most young boys, we go to the magazine rack and they're checking out all the different magazines oh, yeah. and Peterson's four by four and JP and all those magazines right. kind of caught my eye and started reading and, you know, Christian Hazel articles and all the, oh, all, yeah, the, all, yeah, the yeah. all the old OGs and Rick Payway. The OGs. The OGs. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Payway's still at it. You know, yeah. I, dad had grown up with working on cars a little bit and swore, swore that I never would. Uh, he didn't want me to get into cars, uh, before I got into college. So once I got accepted to college, he let me, uh, pick up a Jeep with him. So we bought a 1978 CJ5. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, he started with a five. Absolutely. Do they still have that? We don't. We sold oh, okay. it, uh, unfortunately. Your uh, dad has a Jeep. My dad has a Jeep. He has an 86 CJ7. Okay, Last yeah, year, they made it with a 44 in the yeah. rear. Um, so I got that Jeep. That was my senior year of high school. Started wheeling. Before then, I'd taken the Dodge Durango out a few times to Hollister. That's right. I remember the Did Durango. Did some grade. And I remember the Durango. It was a great, it was a great little rig for a, for a, for a, for a sophomore in high school for to a have a, uh, a 5.9 Magnum 392 rear end limited slip V8. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with yeah, that rig, absolutely. but I quickly realized I better get a Jeep if I want to keep, keep do going. Some serious four-wheeling, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. got the Jeep and... Uh, had it, it was a bright yellow. It was like Caltrans or like some some government uh, surplus paint yellow on Yikes. that Jeep. My dad and I did all the stuff that you don't need to spend time doing on a Jeep. Like we redid the dash, laser cut, autometer gauge, just carpeted the interior. <laughs> nice. We were noobs. We didn't know what the hell we were doing and uh, built this beautiful. Lights before lockers? 
No, you didn't Knock, do that. N- no lights back there. Chrome, chrome, chrome got him home. Chrome. No chrome. We, we blacked out a lot of the chrome. You know, we, we made it look good, but I uh, quickly realized that my AMC 304 on uh, 32s and 456s really couldn't go more than 60 miles an hour. Right. And uh, if I wanted a Jeep that was more multi-purpose, I better start looking at alternatives. It had, it had right. T18 in it. It was a great little Jeep. Yeah. Uh, but saw this uh, CJ7 for sale a year later. Uh-huh. And on uh, 35s and some basic stuff, and realized, hey, this might be a better starting point. Yeah. So we picked it up, and it took me over four years to sell the old CJ5. Oh, wow. It was uh, right as the market kind of tanked on the Jeeps at the time. And oh. So I had two Jeeps for a while. We were a two Jeep family with my parents, and uh, we'd go out together and had a good time. And then uh, finally sold it and settled on the CJ7. Yeah. So the CJ7, when you bought it, did it have the 4-liter in it already, or did you have to do that? It did already have the 4-liter in it. Oh, it did. Was it all done? The carb stuff had already been done? Yeah, it was done in 1995. It was only done three years after um, that motor came out. So uh, it was was nice to have a lot of the um, more tricky basics done. Oh, of course. I I didn't have to deal with any of that. Right, right. No, motor conversions, especially in California, are... Well, like Chris and I have said, that that inline... Four liters, one of the best, best yeah, four wheeling. They're bulletproof, you know, motors out there. They're a derivative of the old, what the uh, Dodge Slant Six, I guess, from way back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, they're they're indestructible. I love my six my six cylinder four liter. That thing's got. I think mine has one hundred and fifty four thousand original miles on it, and I I trust that thing implicitly. No, knock on wood. <laughs> But, no, absolutely. But it, I, I've had mine. Uh, I, I do oil analysis. I have a diesel truck, obviously, and send it in the oil for sampling and analysis to see where the motor's health is at. Sent in the, the oil from the Jeep and did not come back with rave reviews. Lots of problems. Really? And uh, they were really a lot of copper, a lot of metals in the oil, as well as silicone from a bad air filter. <laughs> and they're like, unless you just rebuilt this motor, it's on its last legs. That was eight years ago, and the motor say, keeps taking along just fine, perfect. and it, it still pulls strong. It still has compression. So I thought I about I thought about. about doing that oil testing, but uh, I, you know, ignorance is bliss, man. <laughs> I, I I change my oil religiously, and probably too often. You've got especially a brand in the Jeep. Motor. You've got a brand new motor. Well, yeah, I got a brand new one in there, but my old three twenty seven that was in the Jeep was in there for years, and that That's motor true. was sitting on a shop floor for years before I put it in. So. Um, and it worked out great, but yeah, I've never done the oil analysis thing, but, uh, you know, it is good, good, uh, good knowledge, but more stuff to worry about. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, what did you say? Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance There's truth is to that, bliss, man. It's, uh, just like I just put a transmission temperature gauge on the Jeep, had an automatic transmission since uh-huh. 1990, turbo 350, never knew the temperature of that transmission. Always had a fan, always had a cooler, right? You know, but never knew the tranny. Again, I didn't want to know. Well, when I put in the new Edelbrock fuel injection, I had a airflow uh, air fuel gauge on there. It was kind of like a light show, you know. It mm-hmm. goes stuck, and you know, tell I you remember you were that. Yeah. Lean, right? It was kind of cool, but didn't need it with this new one. So I said, I'm going to put a tranny temp gauge in. So, actually, Hollister last weekend was the first weekend that I actually got to see a real temperature gauge for the first time. Uh-huh. And it was great. It did fine. I purposely left the fan off to see, and it was like 90, low 90s. Yep. You know, but when we were uh, going up to do that that vehicle recovery, uh, CJ and I, that, that long bed pickup with two young girls and two puppy dogs. Yeah. Um, 
it started climbing, got up to one like 180 and stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, so really, you with, know, with the fans off, with the fans off, and then okay. I put the fans on and it cooled right down. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's fine, but it's just one other thing to worry about now. I should just take it, <laughs> disconnect it. And, well, you, you know, always left the fan running. I said. always did. The fan so was you... running all the time when the Jeep was running. Yeah. So, um, and I changed the fluid a lot in the tranny too. You know, dump out well as much as you can get out, six quarts or whatever. Um, but and run full synthetic. Right. Anyways, that's just a little side note of ignorance is, is bliss. This is what happens on the podcast, CJ. We get very sidetracked easily, especially when we're drinking uh, good, good, good whiskey. Um, so, so you got involved uh, for women at a pretty young age. Um, had a CJ five, one of the best jeeps out there. Got a CJ seven, so now you got all kinds of room. Um, and then uh, have, have built it up to suit your uh, four-wheeling needs of, of rock crawling over the years. Um, you also have a, uh, a pretty pretty badass tow rig uh, as well. You want to talk about that and, uh, and and touch upon some of the things you did because it is a Ford, so I, I and it's got a diesel you it's know, a seven three in it, so but it, it's it also good... fits a different aspect of his wheeling. It does. Personality. Well, that's well, why I, I want you guys to call me out on that. Oh uh, uh, boy. <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't calling you out on it. I was going to let you walk into it if you wanted to. <laughs> right, but but, uh, but it is your tow rig. It is a tow rig. So yeah, the Dodge Durango was the was pulling double duty as a t- was the t- daily driver in a tow rig. I do rig. remember the Dodge mm-hmm. Durango, and uh, it was it, it was good. Yeah. But uh, a trip to Moab, Utah, uh, over the Rocky Mountains and back, twenty six hundred miles, uh, started to show me that maybe it wasn't the best thing long term <laughs> right. to be towing a car hauler with a Jeep on it. Yes. Um, so we, we, uh, I blew up the, 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 the Dodge Durango, blew up the tranny and it wasn't worth fixing. So we looked for a 01, a uh, 7.3 excursion. Uh, as any, what you Ford folks out there with excursion know that there aren't very many, uh, excursions out there with seven threes. Right. And it's a, it's kind of the unicorn of the, of the SUV world. There aren't many excursions at all. Uh, I don't even, there was some, I listened to a podcast that talked about the excursions and they said that. Total in the wild over the period of time they were being built, it's less than like 200,000 of them in the entire United States. How long were they built for, do you know? Well, well years? I, I'd have to... 2005. Yeah. Okay, so five years? And they, yeah. So they had the, as you said, the 7.3 liter, which is the, which is bulletproof. It's yeah. like the 4 liter in the Jeep. It's the 7.3 is the, is the Ford engine that everybody loves. Because uh, then they went to the 6 liter, right? And that was a turd. Yep. Um, and then I, I don't think they went beyond the six liter. I think that that was the, the production of the, not in the excursion. The, the excursion the no, yeah. right. I think the production of the excursion ended before the, yeah. yeah okay, or you so. could get the V10, right? The V10 was an option. You could get the V10 Gas. and they outside a 5.4 V8. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, a disaster. Just, and that's a heavy rig. Huge. Well, you know what your rig weighs? Yeah. So before I, we'll get to the mods on it, but okay. uh, before I, before I did any modifications, Large modifications to it. No winch, no bumpers, etc. Just maybe slightly larger tires um, with half a tank of fuel in it. 8,000 uh-huh. pounds even. 8,000 Eight pounds. Four tons? On certified scales. <laughs> wow. That's heavier than my That's Dodge. a little lighter <laughs> than my F450 pickup. My, my work truck. Wow. Yeah, it's a heavy, heavy girl. Uh, definitely it's heavier than those, heavy. those 250 <laughs> and 350s. It's a fat bottom girl. Jesus. So that's before the mods. <laughs> That's before the mods. All right, so now do, it's do kinda... tell. Okay, now listen to the mods. But so, wait, there's more. Anyway, it's uh, it's been a good tow rig. Replaced the transmission at one point with a Ford Heavy Duty uh, 4R100. Um, did a few uh, other things to kind of you know to put it put a chip on there and tuned it. 
Um, other things to yeah, keep it going. It. But the nice things about an excursion is the 44-gallon fuel tank. Right. Yes. Right out of the factory. So, you know, I have easily 500 miles of, of range towing, six, 700 That's when I'm not so towing. Nice. And uh, so we put some money and investment into the rig. Uh, it, was, it became a good tow rig. It, it stopped being my daily driver. And at that point, overlanding became a thing. Right. Over what? Over, yeah. What wheeling? is overlanding? This is the other side of his wheeling person. Oh, oh yeah. I think it's glorified car camping. It, it really is. Glorif- <laughs> it's so and then do, do you eat with your pinky up when you're... No, no, no. Do they no, they it, don't do that. I'm, I'm spoon-fed, right? Like we have... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Damn, we, we I didn't have, see that. We're, we're catered. We have catered. Oh, you have catered. catered. Hey, uh, these trips. are the guys that you roll up on the trail and you go, do you have any Grey Poupon? And then they do. And they do. <laughs> I found, I got some Grey Poupon at, at Hollister a couple weeks ago. Yeah, oh, I love making good. fun of Overlanders, but I've seen some really cool Overlander uh, rigs you know, that uh, I've right. secretly been jealous of. But anyways, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, to kind of give it uh, a little bit more uh, gung-ho off-road, um, yeah. we wanted to get the spare tire on the back, so I got a buck stop uh, rear bumper, which is uh, the old Renell bumpers. Yeah, buck yeah, stop yeah, off them out of Oregon. Beefy as hell. Yes. They're really beefy. Um, had a trailer hitch. A pounds. Integrated into it. Yeah, that added about 300, 350, 400 pounds. <laughs> and and the front bumper, too. In the front is an ARB, uh, the old the old style ARB uh, oh, those bumpers. Are, yeah, those are bad. And bad I wanted to, we had winch mounts, so I actually have a Warren 16.5. I was going to say, you got a massive winch under that, that bumper. Yeah, I do. And I figured uh, if I'm stuck... Who yeah. else is going to be pulling yeah. me out? I got to be able to help myself. Or, or the or the bumper gets ripped off. <laughs> yeah, it's ripped off. Yeah, <laughs> or you stretch the frame another ten inches. So well, that's, that's the fun. last uh, the last bit is I put a little a tree track in the rear. Okay, so I have those gear oh, driven so limited do. slips, yeah, which yeah, are pretty okay. good. It's what the Hummers have and others have, and I've noticed it really has helped. Um, it's still got dual sway bars on the on the rig and stuff for towing, and so really off road, any kind of flex, it's easy to get lose traction on a wheel. So that oh, tree track yeah. kind of keeps me moving, that's gives good. me three wheel drive. Anything up front to, for traction enhancement? Nothing in the front. Uh, it's still the stock Dana 50, which is what those excursions had. I've been looking at putting a Dana 60 up front, and at that point I'd put maybe some sort of selectable in front and maybe mm-hmm. hydro assist. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, because you it go. is a heavy rig, and it, the power steering does kind of get hot on switchbacks. What uh-huh. size tire is you running? It's got uh, 315s right now um, by so 75, so 16s. It's like a 35. So yeah. It's like a 35. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And then uh, you got some pretty cool interior mods. You're a ham guy as well, and I, I know I've—I don't know—I had to move. I got in your rig at the last safety, well, safety clinic in May because I forgot something. The at, raining clinic. Camp. It was raining. Well, it was before it was raining, but anyway, CJ uh, teaches the class with us, classroom session, and I needed to run back to my camper, and he goes, "Oh, just take my rig because uh, mine was set up for the demos," and I got in that thing, and I. I I, I mean, I knew how to start it because it was a Ford and, and 7.3, like my old truck, but uh, there was a lot of electronics in there. I felt like uh, I was sitting in the cockpit of a plane. Was there a little red light that said, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was different color lights everywhere. Uh, so I, I started it and drove it, but I was afraid to touch anything else other than the uh, the gas and uh, brake and the gear shift uh, there because I didn't, I didn't want to launch a bomb or anything. What are you doing over there? Making sound effects. Oh, look at you. Yeah, some good whiskey there. Anyway, so talk about some of your, uh, and we'll we'll get into some of your uh, the reason. Well, one of the reasons we're interviewing you today is to drop some knowledge on mapping software. But go ahead and talk about what you got. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Uh, so on the interior here, we got a got a few things to look at that kind of keep you busy while you're driving. That's for sure. Uh, the first and foremost, the most important is the uh, the DP tuner. 
uh, tune selector right there. So I've right on the left hand side, but load my gauge cluster, which I got the uh, the boost, right? The uh, pyro and the trans tamp gauge is there. So pyro, anybody that has driven a diesel anything, pyro is one of the EGTs, exhaust gas yes, temperature. Sir. Your pyrometer is what your uh, pyro you're talking about. Um, super important. I mean, you can cook your turbo. If you're, especially if you got your uh, chipped up and you're juicing the thing and you're towing a heavy load, you're pulling a, a climb. Um, I don't care what kind of diesel you're running. It doesn't like the EGTs need to be low. Well, so, the, the older ones, it's a little bit more bigger of a deal because uh, they're not as computer controlled. Like, I mean, my truck will detune itself if it starts to get a little hot. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and as, as, like as mine's yours. all stock. I don't have a chip or anything. Right. And therefore, I, I, I have no desire to do it. I've got more than enough power driving the 7.3 for years, which was awesome. And then get this thing. It's like, oh, my gosh. But anyways, yeah. so uh, EGT. So you've got you've – got, all your vitals of your engine right there. Yeah, we got vitals right there. We got the, the, the DP tuner chip selector so I can pick my different tunes. I got my eco tune for driving around, but then I got my toe tune. And then uh, you can roll coal if you want. I don't have a roll coal button. Oh, you anymore. don't have a roll coal button? You don't I have a roll coal tune? I anymore, and I'm using this That's Prius repellent here I mean, in the Bay Area. It, it is, absolutely. <laughs> I used to love to roll coal on the Priuses. So, uh, yeah, anyone who has that 7.3 knows they're kind of a dog stock. And uh, it's more that throttle pedal mapping is what I've found. So that, that chip really just allows you to kind of remap where that throttle pedal is and how yeah. it's with the, the shift points. So well, really, I've enjoyed having that tuner to have firmer shifts, uh, control the torque converter lockup yeah. so I'm not slipping. Right. And also for the for the, the downhills, right? I get a little bit, a lot more engine braking with that, that tuner. So the, Do you uh, have an engine brake? I do oh. not have an exhaust, brake? exhaust gas exhaust brake. Break, right. um, the DP tuner does have a mode where you can close that exhaust back pressure valve that's part of the, right. the pedestal okay. of that turbo. Um, and that can act as like kind of a wussy exhaust brake. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Unfortunately, anyone who has one of these trucks with that turbo and that pedestal knows that the oil leaks out of that thing. It's, not, it's a weak point on that truck. And my exhaust back pressure valve has gotten shut three or four times and gotten stuck shut. Oh, that's really? not good. And so then I'm out there with a... 200 plus degree engine trying to get a, a three foot pry bar in there to open yeah, the Yeah, because that up. turbo's pretty close to that, tucked in there pretty good against that firewall. Yeah, so I don't use that mode anymore. Okay. So uh, <laughs> we just we just let her rev up and let the engine brake and let do her its go. Thing. Yeah. I do remember with my 7.3, I was, I was stick shift, so it was awesome. But uh, the turbo lag, there was a little bit of turbo lag right off the, the line. Um, but man, once that thing got going, it was you pulling hills and stuff with no, no problem. Yeah. yeah, and I've got a, a Wicked Wheel 2 now, and it's one of the things that help it help the boost climb a little quicker. And mm-hmm. it sure, it keeps it from smoking. It's a lot cleaner power. There you um, go. And she's building boosts a little bit better. Good. Cool. So a lot, so, of, a lot of mods there. So, okay, so some mods so, there. And then so, we've got uh, the Scan Gauge 2, uh, which is a pretty cool little gadget. Uh, it allows you to watch four different engine vitals all in one little display. Oh, okay. And uh, that one, anyone who has these 7.3s, at least the excursions, knows that the alternator is a weak point. Uh, I've gone through six alternators in nine years. Holy smokes. All and factory alternators? All, all factory style, not uh, not. Ford Motorcraft, unfortunately, I'm buying the auto parts junk. Oh, so, so you I need wa- to buy that. I don't understand why they would. I mean, if you're upgrading, did you upgrade or is it just basically the same? They're one? basic. They're basic stuff. Uh, what it is is it's going to that welder. wiring harness. Premiere. A lot of resistance. Yeah, I would love to have a welder on there. Uh, but you know, those auto parts stores have lifetime warranties. So after I bought two, I just swap them out. There you and go. Free every time. Yeah. So, but because of that, um, I learned that I need to keep a volt gauge up. 
okay. all the time. So I'm watching that alternator voltage, unfortunately. And every year and a half, two years, the alternator goes out. Well, yeah. So real quick, you know, auto parts stores, the mainstream, like, uh, you know, O'Reilly and stuff, um, they, they, especially starters, alternators and stuff, I mean, they are... Just crap. They're crap. But they work. I mean, if you know, but... Um, I have found, you know, and I think, uh, Mike and Max talked about this on their podcast. He was going through doing some upgrades and had uh, a clutch, um, uh, cylinder or something that he put in and then it didn't work. And he went through a couple of them that were brand new from one of those box store deals. And it's because they're, they're an inferior product. Well, and then yeah. You finally get, you know, one that works or you, you get a, a better quality from a, a Napa or something like that, uh, or or a, obviously like a Motorcraft if you got Ford or a Delco if you got a Chevy or yeah, I don't know, what does I mean, Dodge have Mopar? Is it Mopar. Mopar parts? Mopar. What what about the uh, the rigs of the Rising Sun? What do the Toyotas have? What what do they? Nippon uh, Denso or something? <laughs> Nippon. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Anyway, I'm going to hell. See, we get sidetracked again, <laughs> but uh, yeah, get yourself a good quality alternator there, CJ, especially with all your electronics and everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, should, you probably need like a 300 amp. You could call, you could, well, those trucks have the two alternator option too, dual they, alternator. They did have a dual option. I actually did have an alternator custom built for the rig. Oh, okay. Um, so I went, used to go to Auto Electrics down here in Campbell. Um, they do starters and alternators. That's all they do. I was going to say San Jose he, Electric he custom too. Them yeah. And, and build some great stuff. And I did that for quite a long time. They lasted longer. Okay. And I would use the auto parts one as the spare when... Okay, there you go. You know, and it kind of alternate between the two. Um, and it, it did good. They closed recently, and so I've kind of just gone to the auto parts store. The real difference that's made it made an impact for me was I ran a second charge wire from the alternator right to the battery with okay. the line fuse. Okay. So the, there's a path of least resistance, and that alternator is much happier running that voltage right oh, to the battery. There you go. Versus going through the harness. Look at the and that seems to be the hot, the hot trick okay. to keep these things alive. Okay. All right. There you go. Interesting. So, um, all right. So you got you got a screen with with additional engine vitals and stuff. You got your chip, um, but there's more. But wait, yeah, there's more. There's always more, unfortunately, with that rig. Uh, you got an engine oil temperature, engine coolant temperature. We've got a few other things going on in that scan gauge. Look into getting a scan gauge if you don't have one. It's oh yeah, and no, I've, I've seen you can pull slick. codes and stuff with that you too, can right? Pull codes. You can recheck your in, you can reset your check yeah. engine light with yeah. it. Um, it's a See, slick little cool. so it plays yeah. into the OBD port. What's something like that go for? I think they're around two hundred bucks. Okay, so not not uh, inexpensive, but not too bad. Is that that's not part of your? Did you upgrade your stereo? So, oh, we'll probably get a few there, bottles but, of whiskey. Because uh, I mean, you to, look at to, it that way. I actually upgraded the stereo in my truck with a Pioneer head unit, and it it has the pl- harness that goes to the OBD port. So no I can way. I can get all the I get all these cool gauges up on my stereo. Yeah, no it's kidding. Pretty, yeah. Oh, I never knew about that. That's, That's what I was cool. gonna say. For those of you who don't want to do a scan gauge and kind of go old school, you can get these like twenty dollars Bluetooth dongles for mm-hmm. your OBD two, and then you can run like Android or I, or iOS apps that have like the dash command. You can custom build your gauges. You can look, do different gauge looks. You can get boost and everything right. you never oh, want. Oh, boy. It gets oh, boy. pretty See, that's pretty... propeller head stuff. This is above my no, pay grade. I, I don't have my propeller hat tonight. No, today. you don't. But, uh, but yeah, that's cool. See? So that's good. Uh, what else CJ's we got? into all this electronic stuff, so it's always fun talking to him and see what the latest and greatest stuff is. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Drinking game. That's for all you people out there tracking. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry. Not sorry. Lorenzo. Where is Lorenzo <laughs> to keep you in check? Did he he not make it? 
to the. Did he not get the invite today? I did think CJ he's. Not, I don't think he's CJ, still passed out from the other night. Oh, is that what it is from Friday night? He's still worn out from that podcast. Lorenzo's not welcome at my house. Oh, he's not welcome. Okay, oh, well there you go. Ass. See. There you go. No asses welcome. There it no is. asses welcome. I'm, I'm surprised we're even welcome in your house, to be Bye. honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to, uh, you got some I, big iPad fancy hardware holding this, this iPad in there, too. Yeah, so we've got an iPad mount. Uh, I got a RAM mount that yeah, I have RAM there on, on the dash, and I just actually alternate the iPad from the the excursion to the Jeep. So I have a Ram mount in both rigs, which kind of keeps it nice and easy. Oh, that's so you can cool. transfer it super quick. Yeah. yeah Those are the Ram mounts that have the little spring-loaded arms or something, or no, that's different? I don't have the, the spring-loaded arms. I think they're great for universal devices or, you know, if you switch phones or this or that. But I actually have an iPad mount for my model of iPad. Oh, okay. And it, it's really firm. I've had people, you know, we're rock crawling in the Jeep and bouncing mm-hmm. around like crazy, and that iPad's not moving. That's wow. cool. Yeah. Mount right to the roll bar and doesn't... M- doesn't budge. So it's actually been really good off road. That's good. Yeah, because I got a, I have a magnetic mount in my Jeep, and I've, my phone has been like. Oh, that's, not, that's not good for a floor. <laughs> no, not good for off road. Like, where'd my go phone go? Oh, it's down on the floor. Okay. Yeah, so they got there. They, they have an, a, a Pro Clip mount for uh, my iPhone. Okay. Um, so the iPhone's right there, and then it plugs into I did finally upgrade the stereo. I held out for eight years mm-hmm. and finally upgraded to a Pioneer head unit similar to you with so CarPlay. You got rid of the tape player? It didn't have a tape player, but it had a it had a six disc CD changer oh. that never worked from the day I got there. There you go. Oh, I remember it ate my first two CDs that I put in oh, there for really? the road trip home. Yep, they're like still in there. Physically, oh, really? <laughs> they're still yeah. in there. Those Man. were good discs too. It's good though. They were, they were mixed mixed discs from an X, so it's okay. Oh, to the mixed discs, not the mix. The mix you never had uh, the mix tape. tapes. You, you you got mixed CDs from it. Were those MP3 mixed CDs or just regular CDs? Just regular CDs. We didn't have any fancy. What stuff. was the uh, what was the Napster? Oh my! Remember God. Napster? Do you remember Napster, CJ? I very much remember Napster. Okay, so now I'm getting into your era a little bit, but boy, that was like a huge oh my God. revelation for us that these audio files. I mean, I love music. I listen to music all the time. And um, all different genres and everything, except for Cookie Monster Rock. I don't do the rah, 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 Cookie I don't, Monster I don't, Rock. I, don't, I never even heard that or, before. Or <laughs> elevator music. Uh, but anyways, um, the the Napster, you could go online and get oh, these yeah. songs, right? And there was all the, you know, because you would buy a, uh, a, you know, a CD and you'd buy it for two songs, you know? Right. And it was like, oh, crap. But then you, you had the ability to get just those two songs you wanted off that CD. Absolutely. That was pretty damn good. So, anyways, so that's what it reminds But the six-disc changer, you see, I'm reminiscing now because I had a six-disc changer in my F-150 pickup with 14 speakers in my F-150 pickup, single cab. Seriously? Oh, that thing was clean, clean sound. And your ears didn't bleed? I don't, I'm sure I lost uh, some hearing from wow. it over the years. I didn't listen to it crazy loud, but it was super tight. I was a huge audiophile as a kid growing up uh, and wanted the, the best stereo I could build. And uh, I put a lot of money in Alpine components and stuff, Alpine amps, Alpine disc changer, and that was, that was awesome. And then MP3 came out and just you know changed everything. No, but, but the MP3, if a lot of people listen to the MP, this is way off topic. We're, we're so far off topic. But, we, but the MP3, if, if you didn't do it right with lossless or whatever, the sound quality was crap. That was that Oh, was it a, was, for, yeah, for, for you sure. got some, some crazy popping and stuff going on, but it was it was cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, the old mixtape, you're like trying to hit 
record and stuff. Right. You know, trying to make a little blank space in between. Oh. and Dude, the world's yeah. changed. The youngins have no idea. We used to carry around boxes of cassettes. And, and, you know, now we can carry, we don't even, then you had the iPod, right? And you could carry, I don't know how many thousands of songs with you on this little iPod. Well. And then it got, now it's not, you don't even have an iPod. You just stream music no, off your phone. It's, it's on my my phone here, and I was just going to look. Well, I, I know, but I've you have like 32,000 songs on my phone. Right, but that that's like even, but there's a lot of people that just do Pandora or what's Spotify. They don't even they don't even own music. They just listen to playlists that are that are catered, or what's the word? Uh, not catered. Um, oh my god! Do you, look oh, at this. The ori- I have one. Is that the original? That is the very first gen. Okay, I have the second wow, one. Wow, we're going old school here. This is this is. So yeah, CJ just whipped out some Holy ancient crap. original iPods that are. These these are the old hard drive style. They have the mechanical so, hard drive in them. I have like the second gen then, but wow. this is the original. It's ten gigabytes. This one's thirty. I've got. Gig. I think I've got a forty at home. Ten gig, <laughs> and this thing. I, you know, we don't do the video podcast uh, deal like Mike and Max uh, off road podcasts and Snail Trail Four. Right, they do the video because they're way more sophisticated than us. We're still in the uh, cassette. We're not. We're out of the eight track age, but we're, oh, of course, maybe we're in the cassette era. But we can take or pictures just starting of these. To make CDs here, I don't know. Post it on the gram. But this thing, uh, just to describe it to you, first of all, it, it's pretty damn heavy. It weighs uh, a couple pounds, and it's uh, a good three quarter inch thick, or, or a quarter of a pound. <laughs> yeah, and it's like two by four and three quarter inch thick and uh, ten gigs. So. Um, how many songs is that in a 10, 10 gigabyte? That's, look at that. You can't even... That, that's a uh, Firewire? It's a Firewire 400. Oh, fi- oh so this God. thing was... This thing was, was state-of-the-art. Like I say, yeah, CJ, see, he's got all the cool electronic stuff yep, over here. No doubt. That's, yep. that's, that's cool. These are antiques. That's cool. <laughs> so, back to... You uh, replaced your head unit in your truck, got rid of the six-disc CD changer. Yeah, and... I have a cheapy Pioneer head unit in there okay. um, that just has the CarPlay. I really just wanted CarPlay functionality. Oh, that's awesome. IOS yeah, app. yeah, yeah. It's pretty slick. Between Google, was it Google, Google Auto? or um, Whatever. I, I use the Google side because I have an Android phone. Android Auto. Yeah. And then, but my phone, my, my stereo and the truck will do both, you know, which is... It's a whole new world when you can do your Waze maps and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, when I can get my Waze and Siri's, I can text message to talking to Siri and uh, whatnot. Yeah. It's pretty slick. It brought new life into a 19-year-old truck. Well, so. yeah, and then, yeah, with with my new truck, came with that Apple CarPlay, right. which is just freaking outstanding. It uh, works so uh, seamlessly. And then with the new um, Apple Upgrade uh, the the thirteen ISO oh, iOS, iOS thirteen iOS iOS did that work right? Because I heard some great. people had bad luck with no, it. No, it worked great, and I I love the improvements at, with uh, with CarPlay. So might have turned your truck into a Dodge. No, that would never happen. <laughs> that wouldn't it wouldn't start. I'd go to go to work in the morning. It wouldn't start. Oh man, really? <laughs> 
So okay, we we got got sidetracked on the uh, the music stuff, but they're pretty cool. So you have, I'm sure, some uh, communications equipment in your rig. Oh yeah, I got a few antennas sticking off that rig. Yeah, so we've got uh, an Icom 5100 dual band ham radio. Oh man, and that's that's the uh, DPRS digital ham uh, touchscreen, black and white. It's Ooh. similar to that the one you guys had that 400 model. Yeah, I came, just came so close to buying the Icom. I think you guys the did the better choice. I, the Icom's great. Um, I. Actually, last weekend I was up at the Rubicon and realized I hadn't programmed any of the uh, the 805 repeaters and info into the oh, icon. Oh, and so I sat there and figured, be I better manually program this shit in. Yeah, yeah. Well, no manual needed. I just pushed some buttons and figured it out. It was actually really easy. So that oh, was really? nice with the touch screen. I didn't okay. have to be going through menus and right. stuff. That's I awesome. That's the ICOM or the... Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, that was one of the selling points on the ICOM. They were telling us... I was at the ham radio outlet in Oakland and it's like, oh yeah, did this thing's got Did you have your propeller hat on when I did. you walked in? I did. I was and with then, another propeller hat. Did all hat the where... propellers just start spinning oh, in, in synchron- synchronicity? <laughs> I was there with Ira, you know, there's two propeller oh, heads yeah. in there. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know Ira, that was good company for Chris. Right? Oh, yeah, that's that's perfect. And Ira probably had, like, titanium bearings in his propeller uh, hat. Telling, and he, he was ready to spend Ira money. Because Ira's got money. Oof. So, but, the, yeah, they were saying that it comes pre-programmed or has GPS is able to locate the nearest repeaters, which is really cool. Yeah, it's got a, right from the factory, it's got a decent list, and so I can be anywhere in the country mm-hmm. and slick... Click uh, either for digital or FM, the nearest repeater, uh-huh. and it'll just list them out and how many how many miles and what direction they're in. That's so it's kind of there slick to be able to hop on whatever repeater you're nearby because that's the hard thing. You got these repeater books and no one's going to pr- program yeah. all these counties. offset right. Then that was one of the th- the things that when we bought the Yezu FTM 400, um, there's a way to put a Bluetooth module in that. And with repeater book on the phone, you can actually have the 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 phone through Bluetooth. Really, send the repeater information to your FTM four hundred Yezu radio. Do, it does that. We don't have the Bluetooth modules separate. We have to buy that. It's like Apple. You got to buy the dongle. Uh, you got to buy, and you got to open the open it up and put this in, and it's like yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, you program all my stuff. You and Tyler yeah, CJ take care of all my ham. Programming, only only so. thing we need to change is if we go to Moab, we'll have to figure out the repeaters yeah, there. Yeah, it's when you when? go to Moab. When? I've been there a few times. CJ's been there. When have, when, you never, haven't been there yet. No, no. No, no. no. <laughs> you need to get your Jeep built and make it happen. So is, is, is that the only uh, Com gear? We've got a CB in there as well. Yeah. Oh, um, Breaker Breaker. Breaker Breaker 1-9. we got a Smokey on the tail here. Uh, that's just for talking to truckers, which is becoming handy on long road trips. <laughs> yeah, once yeah. A, while. a lot of truckers are using hams now too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, and then I've got a nice Bluetooth noise cancellation headset for driving before I had the car play, so I can actually oh, okay. talk. And that's a, <clears throat> a Blue Parrot. Oh, uh-huh. uh, Headset the BT, I think 400 series or whatever. And darn it, anyway, people don't even know I'm in a truck, let alone a diesel truck driving on the freeway. It but you can like still, you can still hear, uh, you know. Sirens and stuff, and or yeah, it's just one totally... side. It's, it's oh, a yeah. single ear um, right. for driving only, and a lot of the truckers use them. And I found that headset to be amazing. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So you uh, you drive long distances towing your rig, or if you're just overlanding, but when you're towing your Jeep and you like when you go down to Hollister, or if you go to Rubicon or whatever, but the tow rig is also your camper. It is, yeah. I don't have uh, Jason and Chris money. I, I can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, you uh, got me in the wrong crowd here. Uh, a pickup and a, a Lance camper oh, come and luxury. On. And I don't have the storage. I live uh, in you know suburbia in, in San Jose, and uh, if I can't fit it in the driveway, I can't own it. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, your driveway was pretty loaded when we rolled up this morning. Yeah, so I, I do. The excursion has slowly morphed into kind of a uh, my kind of my camper as well. There so you go. it's got those of you don't know the excursion's got an eight foot long interior. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's huge. And so I have a uh, I have a winter huge. fridge in there. Uh, so I got one of those uh, knockoff like angle fridges. So and it's always volt. well stocked. I might add. It's it's well with stocked. Libations. Yeah, and it lives in the jeep in the truck most of the time. Yeah. Uh, to power that though i yeah. put some solar on the roof so i have 250 watts of solar yeah, on this the is pretty cool you got more well, solar on the roof of the excursion than i have, I on, have my on my camper i've got 200 <laughs> watts on the camper <laughs> so yeah i got one of those with a victron charge controller that's bluetooth so i can oh. look at the load from my phone that's um, cool and see what the what, what it's doing and then uh, that all connects uh to a, a separate auxiliary house battery uh, okay which is a lithium iron phosphate 100 amp hour battery oh that's one of those battleborn or whatever it's it, it's a knockoff battleborn it's an ebay special but yeah uh-huh. wow and it works good works great and uh that kind of controls power for a lot of other things so it 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 keeps your that pretty much will keep your refrigerator going the whole time yeah so the, the fridge draws three amps and it's a 65 quart uh, winter fridge, so it does freezer or or fridge mode, which is quite nice. And awesome, but the freezer is not separate. It either is all or nothing. It's one or no, it's all, yeah. So it's you one either or the other. haul a bunch of ice cream and treats on the trail, or keep your alcohol ice cold, or you're at uh, 34 degrees or whatever for refrigerator. You nailed it. That's there you correct. Go. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's what I have, but I don't have room to carry it. I, but it's, it goes in my truck. It's constantly Ooh. replenishing. The battery that powers it's constantly replenishing with the solar as long as the sun's up. Yeah, as long as the sun's out. So about six to eight hours a day, you get a good a good 100 plus watts, and that's enough to run the, the, run the fridge directly uh-huh. as well as replenish the battery during right. that time. So you're, I'm drawing around eight to 10 amps probably of, of output from the solar. And three or three to four goes to the fridge, and the rest can go to the and charge the batteries up, which is pretty slick. Yeah, you're not depleting anything. You're making more power than. Uh, are you selling some back to the local power company too? While you're, <laughs> I have. <on> the <laughs> when the rig is parked in the driveway, I have thought about hooking it up because I do have solar on the roof of the house, oh, and I already am selling oh, back. God, so there you go. It'd be that's pretty slick to pay CJ for would think of. <laughs> so the because uh, that's the thing is like I look at those uh, battleborn lithium lithium polymer lithium iron phosphate um, or what yeah so IPO4. those those can wow. go that's the deal on those is they can be drawn down way lower in in charge voltage. than a than, yeah in voltage than a deep cycle battery can I mean that's the thing is like they say they say in our campers for example never go below fifty percent and with the lithium ions you can go to like twenty or ten they say it safely. And it's still pro- providing full voltage and whatnot. Yeah, the nice thing about these, and I'm not a battery expert, uh, is that you have a much more usable capacity and usable voltage. So the lithium iron phosphate batteries are, are well respected for any 12-volt system because they run around the same as an automotive setup. Okay. So you're charging around 14 volts. You're using it around 13 to 12. Um, whereas on you know an AGM or lead acid, you're charging around 14 to 13, right. and you're using around 12. And as it hits to 11, you're kind of done. You're kind of yeah, and you have a lot more voltage drop off. And you can and you can damage the battery. You can right, and These, that that's the, the so, and but the charging systems that we have in our campers are not compatible with those batteries. So if I decide to upgrade to when my AGMs go bad in my camper and I want to put the lithium ions in there, I got to change pretty much everything. I was just going to ask you that because I've, I've stuff that I've read, you know, I'm like, Oh, they don't play nice together. No. And I've just got regular lead acid, uh, deep cycle batteries in the camper and they've worked fine for me. Right. Got two batteries, but 
I thought about upgrading eventually, um, but well, they're five hundred bucks a pop. Oh, I know or they're a not thousand cheap. Bucks that's a pop that's or as soon as I found that out, I go, "Well, that's why Chris has those and I don't." So. <laughs> no, I don't have lithium ion. Oh. I've got AGMs, <laughs> but I looked at it and it sounds compelling. But my God, it's not going to be a cheap for two batteries. He said, "Oh, you could get away with one because one battery has the same capacity as two. It's like, well, I've got spaces for two batteries, so I'll put two in. Yeah. So the the nice thing about them is they've had about two thousand charge cycles versus an wow. AGM around one hundred to two hundred, maybe five hundred max charge wow. cycles. So that's the argument for a lot of people sure. selling these with the high cost is like, yeah, you change your batteries out every three to five years, but these do, will last 10, 15 years. Do the ROI on it, right? Right, exactly. And uh, but how cool is that that you've got two hundred fifty watts of solar? Yes, powering up your your overland rig uh, with your refrigerator and you got some other accessories back there that are uh, power hungry right yeah so it started off with the fridge but as anything related to four wheeling it kind of snowballs from there right oh yeah yeah. (laughs) just empty every pocket yeah so decided hey the tow rig needs an air compressor because i'm i got airbags for towing okay i want to air up the trailer tires or if i'm in an overland i got these you know Pressure hungry tires that need 55 psi to sure. roll down the road, but airing down's around 20. Right. Yeah. So I put an ARB dual uh, twin air twin air in there. Love that compressor. And uh, you know those draw around 40 50 amps. Yeah, they're um, they're power hungry. So I put that in where the spare tire came out. I made a nice rack where the spare tire used to go, and so the, the lithium iron phosphate battery sits there. It uh-huh. only weighs about 30 pounds. That's, That's the, the other, other thing. Big they're a lot lighter. Them. Yeah, they're a lot lighter. And then I have an ARB twin mounted back there. These are inside the cab. These are inside the, the truck. Yeah, the wheel well where he had a spare tire. I checked this out last weekend. It was oh, pretty okay. cool. Yeah. And then you got was. all you got a whole monitoring station there and USB ports and we got some USB ports. I can look at the voltage there. And then um, And then you got Bluetooth app that you could look at it through your Bluetooth. I mean, this is all way above my It's been pretty fun. It's been a fun pet project. Uh, on top of that I decided to put some um, Anderson power pole connectors in, which well, is a lot of folks modify their cigarette lighter to Anderson power poles. Cigarette lighters vibrate out and get loose yeah, yeah, and don't yeah. work well. Okay. So a lot of people who buy the fridges put these new Anderson power pole connectors on, and a lot of ham guys are nerds about it too. And what's what's so it's it's more of a positive connection. They clip in pretty well. So it's not your cigarette lighter connection. You 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 totally clip that off, and then you've got a uh, what is it? It's just um, a it's a special um, end for the wire that you crimp on. It requires a special crimp yeah. tool, and then it's just a series of plastic clips. And they actually can connect together, slide together, and they pair. Oh, so that's it. so you okay. don't have to worry about which voltage and or which way you're plugging so it. So this that's what I have. I don't know if it's the exact thing. We'll we'll look it up. Uh, we don't even have a Lorenzo. My, uh, I'm Chris, on the I'm on the phone with Lorenzo right oh, now. Chris, Hold on, Chris is, is skyping in Lorenzo right now. <laughs> oh, he um, just he just told me to pound Sandy's at the beach. Oh, there you go. Good for him. I hope he has a margarita and uh, it's a mai tai. Something. Oh, mai tai. Um, let me see. You got a picture of that thing because I, that's what I have on my camper to connect um, my my auxiliary battery, my second battery. And it's a, it's it's what they use in forklifts, and it's a plastic connector. It only you know it's positive negative. It, you, you you could be blind and hook this thing up. The right way all the time. It, well, the, it will only go one way. These are like that, but uh, but smaller, a, smaller scale. Exactly. Those are cool. Yeah, because cigarette lighter lighter uh, suck adapters. So 
So you're going to have to provide us some pictures so we can do the gram on this. Well, if anything exterior with license plates, we'll, yeah. we'll blur those out. But uh, sure, yeah. So I got a cigarette lighter in there. I got an Anderson power pole connector, and then an ARB switch. I got an air compressor. I got the air pressure gauge to know how much air I have. What's the missile launch button do? Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> Ejection. The <laughs> the most recent one is you guys um, get off the trail, dusty and dirty, and hop up in your camper, and you guys have showers. That's why I bought a camper. Winning. <laughs> as soon as I get off the trail, I am darting for the camper, getting a cold beer out of the refrigerator, and then Jason shower. In the shower with his Sometimes cold beer. I'm in the shower with a beer. Oh, I do it all the time. Oh, you okay? I I thought I was the only one. No. Okay. And uh, you know, ten minutes later, I am totally refreshed and sitting in my lounge chair, just easing into the evening. And so, that's why I bought a camper right there. So how do you? How does that work for you? So, yeah. So, so uh, how does <laughs> how's your cold beer and shower work out? The cold beer is easy. You got the uh-huh. fridge for that. You right? do. You do definitely have the cold cold nail down. The shower is doable, but if you want hot water, that's a little bit more of a challenge. Right. Does your bed get wet when you're showering in there? <laughs> so. Thank you, Chris, for clarifying that. <laughs> I, I unfortunately can't shower inside the rig. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that would be a heavy modification. So I have a shower shelter, which is basically yeah. a Coleman pop-up tent. Oh, sure. oh, those are great. That's slicker than heck, right? It's yeah, also your shitter when you need to, when well, you need you to use your whack yeah. bags. It's absolutely. And uh, so that's a, I got a shower enclosure, and I got a little Amazon $20 pump, and it's a USB uh, battery-charged pump. You stick it in a bucket of water, Submersible. and it submerses the pump, and you, it has a little shower head, and you can shower with it, and it runs okay. for like 30 minutes. It's great. See? Well, those are great. So the only trick was hot water. So recently, I did a modification to basically build a hot water tank and okay. use the, the electricity from the battery to run a DC water heater, a 12-volt water heater. Yeah, check this, this is on out. the house battery. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Check and this out. that runs a – that heats up the water in a four-gallon Reliance water jug. So you heat up four gallons of water, and then, so you, Which, I think you told me, so whatever your ambient temperature is of that water, uh, you can heat it up, what'd you say, 30 degrees? 40 degrees in two hours. 40 degrees in two hours. So that's pretty damn good, because you figure that water is sitting inside your rig, so unless it's a winter, you know, snow so run. So let's but call it 60 degrees. Let's call it 60 degrees, just average temperature, right? And plus 40, hello, 110. That's or a hundred, or I mean a hundred. <laughs> yeah, I guess fifty degrees would be one ten. My math has never been good on this show while I'm drinking. But a hundred's not bad. A hundred is is right there. That's hot tub water. So right yeah, there. my idea here was that um, a lot of people do solar heat, water heaters up top. They use the the sun to heat a black right, tube. Right. Um, <laughs> Don't ever do that. I will never talk to you again if you put that on your excursion. Little sp- spirals of freaking black hose up there, just. <laughs> flapping in the wind as he's driving down the freeway. <laughs> There's lots of folks that kind of geek out on that stuff. And that's great if you're going to shower as soon as you get to camp yeah. and it's a nice, sunny, hot day. The problem is, generally, you get to camp, it's late, it's at dusk, you want to set up dinner, right. you got to have your nice meals like you guys do. And then at, afterwards, maybe 9 o'clock, before you go to bed or in the cold morning is when you want to sh- actually shower. Right. So I thought, hey, I need a way to build hot water that doesn't rely on a sun because I do a lot of a lot of overlanding in the off the wheeling off season, right? Once winter hits and the fall hits, right? There is no off. I'll go out to the California. desert and do Mojave Road and stuff. Right, Maha- you did the, Yeah, you've done that f- several times. That is one cool. Oh, I thought you did it more than once. That is, if 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 
Huge capital IF. If I was to go overlanding, I would do the Mojave thing. That sounds pretty cool. I've seen some pictures. Uh, you've talked about it a lot. Um, but I would be overlanding in my Jeep. Maybe I could use my F one four F F one four fifty F one four fifty. Well, I got three. Yeah, I got three of them. It gets gets confusing. <laughs> so I could use my F one fifty with a. You could rent a pop up. You could borrow a pop up tent camper from Mike. No, I don't even need to do that. But I could. I could use that as my overland rig. Go. Have you driven it that since far? Our, yeah, since our club what? has turned into uh, 30, 40, 50% overland, what would you say? I wouldn't generalize like that. I'd say, you know, yeah, I would. 70%? <laughs> our club 70% overland now? No, I mean, yeah, maybe. No, yeah. Maybe. I don't I'm thinking know. it's cool. Of, my Jeep's an overlanding Jeep. They That's go, all it's good for. Well, it's a Barbie Jeep with square no, headlights. It's just got tiny wheels, tires. Exactly. That's all. It's the overland. Anyway, anyway CJ's right. still here. Getting, we getting, haven't forgotten about CJ. Yeah, you still here, CJ? I'm still here. I'm, I'm laughing because I think you guys just heard it here that Jason might go overlanding. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard it. I would go to Mojave. It's, re- it's recorded. I'd go to Mojave. Oh, wait. It just deleted. No. Just kidding. So, yeah, the last thing with the water heater is I wanted it to uh, have hot water when I got any time of the day. But more importantly, I didn't want to have to monitor the darn temperature on the in the water. I didn't want it to get too hot while right. driving. So I actually have a temperature sensor, and it's set to a relay, and it switches the heating element on and off to maintain 110 degrees in the water jet. You say I wear a propeller hat. Well, no. So this is cool. This is where CJ really excels. It right? is He's, cool. He geeks out on this stuff, and he educates me on all this electronic stuff. And so patent pending. Well, it could be. Uh, <laughs> so, and the the other cool thing is you've got it in a four gallon jug, but that thing could easily go in to another jug that has the same uh, thread and size as that. So it could be a 6, it could be an 8, it could be a 10. Obviously, it's going to take longer to heat up that water, but um, that's pretty cool. So obviously, while you're driving, it's going to be, you know, it's not the most efficient way to heat water, as you know, uh, but it didn't cost you a whole lot um, of the components that you have, and you're out on trail for four, six, ten hours, and you got hot water when you get back to camp. That's, that's cool. That's exactly it. Yeah, it, it is not an efficient way to do this, but you, the electricity is free. You're driving, so your alternator's going, and right. the solar's going. So at this point, it's just you might as well be using that energy to heat some water. There you go. So see? So how many showers would you get out of a four-gallon jug? I mean, a couple? <laughs> it's about two showers if I'm doing a camp really? shower. I do a nice like two-gallon shower. Well, I, I mean, I... I don't use much water at all. Oh, I I'm, I'm five gallons minimum. Oh, no. I'm, yeah. I'm probably two and a half. Well, you don't have much hair on your head. That's why. That's right. And I'm, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, so that's cool. And then how much water do you typically carry? I mean, do you, does it vary? Would you refill the jug? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, would you, do you carry like 15 gallons or something if you're on a longer trip? Yeah, with a darn excursion, there's no shortage of storage space, right? right. And if I'm just by myself, um, I'll throw a seven-gallon Reliance jug in, and I never even use half of it, probably. But it's good for drinking water. It's good cooking water. It's good hand-washing water. And you replenish and your I'll shower. And I'll throw two, two of those seven-gallon ones in for a, a longer trip or something. And, okay. and I, I still never use up all the water, but as we know, water's a, a vital resource on the trail, whether <laughs> so it's a radiator absolutely. problem or drinking, so you might as well... Th- if you had the space, might as well Here throw it as much as you can. You start yeah, getting cool. low. Oh, not showering today. Got to drink it. So, yeah, I hear you. Right on. So, that's super cool. So, it is cool. 
I make fun of the overlanding scene, but it, it is. I, well, like I say, I, I in some of these, uh, the Pomona shows going on this weekend oh, down it? there, the Off-Road Expo. Oh. And uh, there's been some uh, some stuff on the gram that these companies have been posting of these uh, overland vehicles because oh, they're all Corvus rage now. there, I think. All that's there. Everything's there. It's yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, We yeah. should be down there this weekend. Let's uh, go. Next year, we got to make that happen. But anyways, there's some pretty cool overlanding rigs, and I saw one with a bar. That's the one that caught my attention. Oh, yeah. Some, uh, Jack Daniels bottle uh, right there. And, Just And, of one? course, some nice glassware and stuff in this compartment. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> but any, it's Priorities. super cool. So, I mean, that's that's the neat thing about this four-wheeling deal, right? I mean, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. Well, people suit their stuff to their needs. Exactly, and in in here, CJ's got not only a rock crawling CJ uh, seven that he can go out and do Rubicon, Fordyce, uh, you know, all the hard trails, Barrett, um, in in Northern California, and then you've got your you know tow rig slash overlanding rig that's dual purpose here, where you could go out and do. Uh, the other 80% of the runs that our club does that there I don't is. participate in. Right. <laughs> and that was kind of one of those things. Like I'm sitting on a tow rig, and the club's starting to do other activities, and I realized I'm missing out. And my, my Jeep, anyone who drives an old CJ, they're they're bumpy. I don't have a top on it. It's not a fun rig to go on a long trip. No. How's the air conditioning work? Right. I have, a, I have a trucker fan. That's my air oh, conditioning. Oh, at least you got that. <laughs> Hence the reason why I tow. I'm a, my yep. Jeep's a trailer queen. So I figured, but, hey, let's repurpose the tow rig, and yeah. um, you know, with the onboard air, I got a five gallon air tank underneath the underneath in the frame rails, and it, it does everything I need it to do. And perfect, it's a, and it's a great rig. support vehicle for your CJ as well. It's a good base camp with the trailer. I carry a bunch of spare parts in the trailer box, and uh, whatnot. hey, so and, what? What you got the Ultra Four hat on? Maybe we do every man challenge this year uh, with your CJ, and we got the uh, expedition. The I'll drive. I'll drive the expedition as or a support vehicle excursion. To the to the remote pits. How about that? We'll talk offline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, CJ. This is the part of the podcast where we, uh, I like to call it the rapid fire question. Here, it, it, it helps get to know individual a little bit. Sure. There's no wrong answers. You know. So you don't, say that, but I don't. don't think no, I no. <laughs> well, there actually is one wrong answer, and we'll get to that in a second. If you, if you say that, I don't know. I think I've been listening to the podcast. Tells, yeah, I might know you, that wrong if answer. If you've been and, listening to yeah. the podcast, you know the wrong answer. But you feel free to say whatever is uh, your your preference. But uh, all right, here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite color? Green. Green. Woo! That's interesting. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Basic chocolate. None of that fancy, dark, rich chocolate, but like just Safeway chocolate. brand chocolate. Just Safeway off-the-shelf chocolate. chocolate and, wow. and, and a mint chip is a close second. And again, the cheap, the green mint chip, none of this white mint chip. Do you eat a lot of ice cream? <laughs> I eat a lot of ice cream. I do, too. Nice. And I, if I had to go to a blend it in, make something fancier, yeah. I get a Cold Stone. Oh, ha- oh. Half coffee, half chocolate with a chocolate brownie and some syrup. Dang. To die Ooh, for. there you go. So now, what do you do at Cold Stone, Chris? I haven't been there in five years. Oh, good for you. So my, here's my go-to at Cold Stone. You ready? For you, right? Cake batter ice cream, Oreos. Yeah. That's, that's a damn good one right there. I'll have to try that. Thank that you. is cookies and cream on high right yeah. there. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> cookies and cream on high. All right, crack. dogs or cats? Dogs, 100%. There that's you go. Any particular dog? Uh, uh, flavor of dog? Uh, uh, flavor of dog. Breed? 
I've enjoyed my uh, Goldens yeah. and my uh, Labs. There you go. Yeah, Sweet. big dogs. Not, none of these rat dogs. No, no. no. Smart, smart <laughs> retrieving dogs. dogs. Water dogs. <laughs> All right, let's go favorite alcohol. <laughs> That's tricky. I know. That's tricky. Um, I, I do like beer. I love my stouts. But you can only have one. I what love my cab, have? red wines, and I like my. Well, yeah, you're naming all my stuff here, but you you can only have one. Whiskey, whiskey, just yeah. whiskey. And I'm not going to say bourbon. I'm not at pompous and no, just, just like a, a special bourbon. I okay. I like a nice sweet corn based whiskey. Okay, there it is. There you go. Right on. All right, let's uh, favorite trail, favorite four wheel drive trail. It's a good one. They're all good. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good trails. We're blessed here in the in the. We we, we have a nice little uh, uh, a plethora supply, of yeah, of of, of top four wheeling trails here in the Sierras. But it could be an overland trail. I don't know. With you, I don't know. What, oh well, don't like? don't no. It's going to be a rock crawling trail. Okay. I I enjoy the challenge and the puzzle solving of, of rock crawling and uh, puzzle solving. We'll yeah, say we'll say one. four dice. Fordyce, boy, my going right trail. for the big dog right there. Yeah, um, Barrett's a good day trip one. You know, Fordyce is a bit, bit, bit larger commitment. Barrett's something you can do um, a little quicker. But I, I like that technical crawling. I like, I like not having a break. I like, I like picking my way through a path of rocks. Okay, good because I was going to ask, and I pro- either question. It was kind of an either or thing. I was going to ask uh, overlanding or rock crawling. Rock crawling, one hundred and ten percent. When uh, was the last time you ran Fordyce? Uh, Fort Isa did Sierra Trek two years ago. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Ran, ran it on the, I think it was the Friday run okay. with everybody. Yeah. Um, that was great. Were you in the beginning part of the group? Or? Oh, yeah. We got, woke up at 4 a.m. and got oh, down good. there quick. I think yeah, we were like vehicle number seven in line. We, we were off the trail by, by like 3 or 4 p.m. Perfect. Yeah, that's, it was that's great. good. Good day right there. Um, all right. Toilet paper over or under? Over. Oh, yeah. Period. Perfect. There you go. There's, Give me a break, folks. A, this isn't even an argument. I've been waiting for that answer, <laughs> to share that answer. Well, we've had Anyone people. who's under, I don't want to know you. Wow. That's pretty... Period. That's unapologetic right there. Man. The patent oh. for toilet paper has it over. It does. That's what I was just going to say. The, the whole patent for toilet paper has it over. The That's whole right. drawing, the blueprint, everything's there. <laughs> and, so. and here's the reality. I don't think anyone purposely does under. I think that people aren't aware that there's a way to put it on. And so that's the other challenge for me is I'm generally a purpose, intentional type person. I want – for someone – if I see a toilet paper roll under, I worry, about, I worry about what else are they not paying attention to and focused on. <laughs> is that bathroom clean? Oh, my God. <laughs> is that I toothbrush new? I love it. That is great. <laughs> I <laughs> the, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's great. That's no, one of our best answers. Hey, you know, I, I did. Uh, this is the first time over here at, at Studio C, and it went to the bathroom, and the exhaust fan is the most powerful oh, thing I've ever insane. seen in my I, life. I and say. there was no toilet paper to look at because it all got sucked up through the vent. <laughs> What's that? But it was over to begin with. <laughs> okay, I just uh, just, to, just to check. Okay, good. <laughs> all right, if money was no object. What vehicle would you buy? It doesn't have to be a four-wheel drive vehicle, although we'd like to hear about a four-wheel drive vehicle, but it, it, it could be any vehicle. Any Money was no... You had Chris money. Oh, what please. would you buy? Well, it, it isn't buyable, right? It'd be, it'd be something that I'd build. Um, and oh, I, oh, I, built, not bought. I'd, uh, I, I, have a, I, I dream of that perfect Jeep. 
And uh-huh. I, as, being, what is the perfect Jeep? Being a CJ, I have to drive a CJ of some kind. Absolutely. But I would, I would love to own a LJ length CJ. So basically a Bob CJ8. Okay. Or an LJ coilover chassis with a CJ front clip. Okay. Um, and, you know, I really, really, uh, really enjoy kind of the old school classic look of the CJ, mm-hmm. um, the grassroots. But it'd be nice to have a more modern rig that I can go bomb through the desert on, do some high speed stuff, maybe sure. trailing arms on it, but then still crawl. Yeah, and so probably an LJ wheelbase CJ front clip on forties. What is an what is the wheelbase on an LJ? I don't know, but Kobe I do has know one. I do know that you can get a LJ frame with coilovers ready to rock and roll for Metal Cloak right now. I know. Also, Genrite has their tracer chassis for forty five hundred bucks. Can, can we get Turn Lorenzo? Can get, we get Lorenzo on that real quick? Wheelbase of an LJ. Well, Lorenzo's I think not here. So. I think it's in that buck ten range, buck twelve. Which yeah, I so agree. it's 14 inches longer than the than the CJ, so I'm guessing it's around 108. Yeah. I mean, if you're right there in that 110, 115, I, that's where I like. My buggy's at 110, and I, I love it. It's perfect. Jeep's at 90. Yeah, my Jeep's around 98, 99. Yeah. Slightly stretched. I don't, I don't know. It's not coming up. So, you know... It, there's no. I mean, I'm a car guy, right? I own, I own a '71 Triumph. I own a. I own a Jeep. I own an Overlander. Um, it's hard to find that perfect vehicle, but I think. Well, I there would, is no. Yeah, it's. It, I, there well, is no perfect. Vehicle. I, my attainable dream vehicle is it, the next build is going to be a, an LJCJ. LJ, I like that. I like that. That's good. LJCJ. You don't have that. That. Uh, it's not showing up right here. Ninety three point four. No, that's the TJ. One hundred three. It's ten inches longer, is all. One in one hundred three point four for L long wheelbase. Yeah, says. so you just you just push that front axle forward and get your extra six inches. And okay, so little editing there, but yeah. one hundred three point four is the wheelbase on a uh, LJ. Perfect. So that's your perfect rig. I like it. I think so. Yeah. What kind of engine would you have in that? That's tough. I'm a. I love my straight six. It, yeah. It'd be fun to have a four point seven stroker. Yes. Um, but the LS is a dime a dozen these days. Good power, good reliability, and even good fuel economy with an LS. So I'm amazed at the fuel economy. W- wouldn't thing. wouldn't be opposed to putting an LS in a in a yeah. Jeep. Um, I'm. I'd like to be able to go fast in the desert. This would be a multi-purpose rig. Yeah. So that longer wheelbase and with a proper suspension, I'd want that V8 power. Probably. Well, yeah, I'll tell you. Because you'd enter in the Everyman Challenge. Well, you, yeah. mean, you hear people talk <laughs> about it. I mean, yeah, a V8, is it overkill for rock crawling? Yes, it is. In just really finesse rock crawling, right? Mm-hmm. But I have had V8s. Since 1990, and my my Jeep and uh, uh, now Rock Buggy, but they will idle all day long, right? And you go into the sand dunes at like Koh or Pismo or Glamit, whatever, you know, and you want to want to romp on it. It's there, yeah. but it, that V8 will do it all because it'll idle all day long. Right, and when you want to get into it, and you want to send it in the rock section of some hill, back door, whatever, windshield three, you can do it. But that thing will sit there and idle all day long and rock crawl all freaking day long. So, me personally, love the V8s. 
that LS1 LS any motor is great and uh, the 383 stroker with a lot of torque at low end uh, mm-hmm. is great but yeah so V8 I'm, I'm with you there cool alright final Jeopardy here All last right. question I love this question I'm waiting for uh, Snail Trail to steal this from me they will I know you're a rock star which you are in your own mind <laughs> Green room, want, your need, like, you know, the green room. There's, if, if you are that rock star, what, what do you have to have in your green room? So, very stereotypical here, but the answer is green, green M&M's. <laughs> green peanut M&M's. Oh, there you go. Oh, green peanut And then M&Ms. I love, love, love the green apple jelly bellies. Oh, those are so good. Oh. I could eat a whole bag of those. Okay. Um, along with that. You know, it doesn't have to be green to be in the green room. <laughs> I know, oh, okay, but it's just but funny. Your color's green, but right? Yeah, but you, right? You won't so. be able to find it in the green room. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not in front of a green screen because right. it'll disappear. Um, it'd be awesome to have a wood-fired pizza oven in there, too. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. Because, yes. That would be awesome. You love your cheese pizza. I love, I love, I, I'm, I'm like Jason here. I do love making a pie once there in a while. There you go. Yeah. So, okay, pizza oven in the green room. I love it. That's that's unique. That is unique. I would like to see that pulled off. No doubt. So, you might have to call some of your celebrity buddies, Chris, and uh, tell them to request a pizza oven to see if that could be pulled off in the uh, the green room. So, do you know this? Did you read that email from my brother explaining the reasons for the green what what the the green room request is all about? No. So this is a little bit of, of oh, uh, I did read that email. Yes, the, this I know where this you're going has with this to now. do with contracts. You know, reading, making sure that the contract that uh, cross your T's, dot your eyes. They put these things in there to, to trick or crazy check that, that the people they're do, they're working for are reading their contract. And if it's like the small print says, I want to have green M and M's in the green room, and if they don't have green M and M's, they say you didn't read the contract. So you wonder what else is missing exactly. It's a reading comprehension test, just like the bathroom with the toilet paper. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, they may they may not want those things. They don't. They may not care about them, but they're in there because it's a test. Right there, it is. So anyway, I like it. Anyway, thank you. That's a good note. All right, that was awesome, CJ. Yeah, love it. All right, now that's cool. All right, so let's let's get into. where you're going to drop some serious knowledge on us with this uh, Gaia. Is it Gaia? Am I pronouncing it right? Gaia Software? Okay. That uh, was quite a bit of information that CJ gave us in the first part of this uh, interview. Uh, We're going to cut it off here and uh, split this episode into two uh, because the next uh, episode, which will air the following week, is going to drop a whole lot of new information on special mapping software that uh, is relevant to our hobby. Um, so please uh, tune in for that. As always, remember to follow us on the Instagram. Check out our latest posts there. And also you can uh, listen into our uh, these podcasts every week. They're dropped on Tuesdays. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um, and of course uh, Google Play. And I'm seeing it has it's landing on quite a few other podcast uh, outlets also. So chances are pretty good if you do a Google search for Wheeling Wine and Whiskey that uh, will pop up in a lot of different locations. Uh, don't forget our website is wheelingwineandwhiskey.com. Check us out there. And if you want to email me, I'm Chris. My email is chris at 
wheelingwineandwhiskey.com or you can email jason at jason at wheelingwineandwhiskey.com. If you have any questions or comments regarding this last this episode, please feel free to send us uh, your comments. We'd love to hear them. And uh, tune in next week when the uh, second half of this uh, discussion airs. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again. Uh, on behalf of Jason and myself, uh, thank you for listening. And we're out. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.